0: I say hi because the venture brothers podcast has trademarked it
1: yep that's how that works i fuck what was it oh oh captain my captain that's what it was oh captain my captain welcome to after the hype Aww. me your host is always brian Dressel. i'm with standing
2: me. on the table <laughs> Oh, captain my captain
1: <laughs> everyone always goes dead poet society i always go family guy uh <laughs> i could be a hookah <laughs> what oh, i don't even know what the represent oh it's so good anyhow me your host is always brian Dressel. with me as always is chewy darso hi and jonathan hardesty i'm here <laughs> you're not here you're there where
2: You'll... is here there
1: here is here there is
0: there
2: what is soon
0: I don't oh care. sorry i was doing a <laughs> mel brooks joke in place of this it, it worked tremendously.
1: Uh this week on After the Hype we are talking so ever lively about Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. Marvel Marvel, uh,
2: Marvel
1: The Marvelous Captain Marvel who marveled at the Marveling. I Marvelous. It's
2: <laughs> Marvel Yeah, are they what is the Marvelite? No. No. Nope. The band. Marvelettes. <laughs> it is Marvelettes.
1: Marvelettes. Uh yeah, but before we do, of course. We have to talk about where have you been doing. That worked in a way. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> I, I am Brian a robot. I am excited to podcast. All right. Uh, I will go first. I have read in its completion now Tom King's magnum opus Heroes in Crisis for DC Comics. Uh, and it was a tremendous disappointment i would say one of the most disappointing comics i have read and i I can't even tell you how long given how good it was in the beginning and how it ended uh and his blatant disregard for wally west and for things that have been a long-standing thing in comics especially in dc uh his flippant like just murdering of characters and then bringing them back on a whim there's just a lot of problems through and through and through and uh, I'm just kind of wowed by the whole thing. Like, I can't believe this came out. Especially how good the first, I want to say, three issues were. Like, I was into this. And then, mother of God. So the the short pitch, and I won't keep you too long in this one, basically, Heroes in Crisis is a, uh, what happened if superheroes had like feelings for all the stuff that they've been doing like we've seen man of steel we've seen all these superhero movies where basically cities are dismantled and there's no way no matter how many times they tell us there's zero casualties that people die like that's what happens in these situations and that would obviously weigh on these people if they are good people what do you do when you need help and you're one of these people that's what the show story was pitched as basically superheroes with ptsd I'm into that. Okay. It's yeah. By I a can get by that. Yeah. It's written by a guy who's had PTSD. He's a former CIA agent and he's seen some shit. Tom King is a marvelous writer. Like I think he's great, but my God, like this book just fell apart. It felt like every issue past three was issue one in a new story and none of it really connected. None of it really made sense. And they decided I'm spoiling here. So, you know, Skip ahead 30 seconds if you're uh, if you're really looking forward to reading this for some stupid reason. You made Wally West the villain. And Wally West is fucking, like, the hero of DC. He is hope, the a, a embodiment of hope. And to make him the guy who murdered everyone is just like, what the fuck?
2: That just speaks to the writer and what how they view life, pretty much.
1: Yeah. It, uh, I'm just, I'm they very upset about it. probably
2: hate the ending of Rogue One.
1: They probably hate the ending. I could see that. <laughs>
2: what did they give us? Hope. And he's like, "I'm gonna murder your hope."
0: I guess fuck that you, Wally doesn't like hope. hope, huh? Yeah, fuck. I'll tell you man. where to shove your hope.
1: Like, oh, it was just—it was just upsetting. And I'll give it this much, Clayman, the uh, the artist for—I think all of the issues i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure all of them is just phenomenal he, he draws each character very distinctly and different and a lot of comic book artists that i i love and i think they're fantastic always has a little bit of sameness in some of the faces and some of the body types and whatnot and clay Man does not fall into that at all everybody he- looks distinctly different and i think that's impressive in and of itself
2: and he's another one that did that stupid poison ivy cover right
1: What's the stupid Poison Ivy cover?
2: The one where her hips are thrusted up like you have sex with her corpse.
1: <laughs> no, that was not Clayman. That's
2: <laughs> a stupid cover.
1: I forgot about that one. That one was rough. Oh, there were some yeah. rough things in this series. <sighs> but it's That's not now. too bad that's it's too bad over. yeah it is but I mean Tom King and Clayman are teaming up again for a book in January on Batman and Catwoman and that failed marriage from issue 50 and I'm actually looking forward to it like that's a storyline I'm into and if it means more Clayman drawing Batman then I, I couldn't be more excited because he's just fantastic
2: Clayman draws
0: Batman I didn't even think about that <laughs> I'm even more excited that is amazing now. that's an amazing thing every single I page just heard. is going to be brown
2: <laughs> it's going to be great uh, it's going to mimic other comic books. That's what's on Clayface. Yeah. He's turned into an artist. Wow. Well, that makes He's more sense. He's expressing himself.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, that's going to be it for me. You were about to say something when John so rudely interrupted to go, you know, make the episode sound better. Um, what uh, were you going to say? Well, I
2: haven't really been able to do much independently lately. Uh, so when we were on the flight back from Minnesota, I watched WALL-E Wally. With, with no sound. And if you're gonna watch a movie with no sound, Wally's a pretty good movie for that.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's so. It's pretty
2: fantastic.
0: It's uh, a great idea.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, the sound design of that movie is impeccable and amazing. Yeah. But the fact that it works so well, yeah, it's impressive.
2: Like even once they get to the actual people stuff, you don't you can pretty much guess what they're saying
1: yeah i mean that's we talked about it for a moment afterwards i think there could be a solid argument that every pixar movie could be played entirely silently and you get the whole story
2: Mm, not every i don't know if you'd really understand brave too well without words
0: brave incredibles there's
1: the ones that center around people probably
0: not yeah well with the accents on brave you kind of have to
1: (laughs) i liked it in wreck it ralph too it's the only thing i liked in wreck it ralph too was her accent in that uh that scene was too short really made but her hilarious <laughs> yeah oh my god it was so good what is she saying we have no idea <laughs> just... uh,
2: but you no, know, i really uh, enjoyed re-watching wally uh, a lot of cute moments i didn't remember like i, I didn't remember his uh getting that i mean it's really early on where he finds the hubcap and he tries to use his hat Aww. on the dance sequence like i was like oh that was a cute moment i totally forgot about yeah it's and it's adorable it's so, i haven't rewatched the movie in ages so it was really nice to revisit it I I highly watched... recommend a revisit uh <laughs> john
1: what about you where have you been doing
0: uh so i've been uh neck deep into the sookie stackhouse novels the southern vampire novels and uh, i've been having a really good time yeah. with them john, actually you do
2: the rest of your review as a southern belt oh Keep please up. no no yeah, no no, no. i can't take do the it, southern no.
1: accent ever again the cringe that you couldn't see on my side of this
0: was, it was real. Fine. Hey, you know, I'm not making my, my living doing voice acting. so. Nor would you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my audition tape and I failed, but it's okay to feel bad. Don't
2: crush John's dreams, Brian. Someone you. should. <laughs> right, Thank continue, you, buddy. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Anyways, uh, so I read the first three. I'm I'm through the first three right now. Uh, Dead Until Dark, Living Dead in Dallas, and Club Dead. And yes, every title has dead in it. Mm. And it's amazing. Uh, It's really fun. And we're at the point now where the TV show starts to kind of go off the rails and not be good. And the books are still really entertaining. And I think it all kind of boils down to the voice of Charlene Harris, who is very cheeky and fun and has a a nice touch of dark humor to this and just there's a there's a fun voice that makes the books fun through and through and they're really short i think it takes me about eight to nine hours on audiobook to get through them just absolutely nothing i'm pretty much done and ready to jump on the next one before my time is even up at the library
2: then uh what do you think of the scenes when they describe eric's butt
0: uh they haven't really described a lot of his butt yet Bless i think this. they just I they did huh. uh they started to a lot more he factors a lot more into the second and third book and a lot more into the third book so we got some good yeah, eric he butt action
2: a lot more into the third book <laughs> third, gets into something might be sookie I
1: yeah i really don't and remember this show so i have no idea what you're talking about eric was the the it's uh, tarzan right
2: with it Sarsgard, guard
1: yeah yeah okay yeah. I really should sure uh, Mr. Arsene, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, no, my movie to reference. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, he's a he's a real fun character, especially as they give him more to do and take Bill away from the story a bit more in the second and third book. Uh, Eric is a really fun character, and they're all pretty fun. I think mm-hmm. probably the bigger bummer, though, is they kill off Lafayette in the beginning of the second book, and he is just no more. And... He was such a great mainstay of the actual show. Mm. And also the books do not feature Jessica at all. She is not an actual character in the books. Who's Jessica? Nor is um from Jessica Jones, right? I mean Marvel. No, I mean No, it's the one um, that Bill has to sire. Um yeah, played by Deborah Deborah Wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not Jessica Jones. I knew what I meant. Marvel thing.
2: She's not in the books at all.
0: No, no, and even the reason for him trying to make another vampire—that's just not in there. Mm. And uh, but on the flip side, Elvis is a character in here, but no one can refer to him by name because he was turned to a vampire um, right at the edge of death and in, in his drug overdose. So he's kind of a little crazy, but also really stupid. Do they mention him being in Home Alone? Uh, no. Ugh, bummer. I'm never it's... reading these books. <laughs> <laughs> but they refer to him as Bubba and ev- and everyone like the author just hints at the the character's name throughout just never gives it they never say Elvis but they'll be like oh everyone recognizes him or he'll start singing and he has that upturned lip curl and it's fun how they play the character through
1: huh. Oh that's really cool.
2: That's amusing.
1: Uh I think it's time to talk about Captain Marvel.
2: Well there is no eroticism.
1: <laughs> Definitely no Eric butt. There's yeah. no, there's not a lot of butts in Captain Marvel. They don't really focus on anyone's butt.
2: No, they don't.
1: Yeah, That's which funny. is weird because i was said in the '90s. Let's not talk about Captain Marvel anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I could get I people. I mean, to if like- I could
2: talk about Alexander Sarsgaard's butt all day long. I mean, I wouldn't have any problem with
1: that. I wonder how much traffic we get for a butt podcast. We're Um, here just to talk about butts. Anyone's butts.
2: Butt, 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 We call it the Tina cast.
1: But Uh, Uh, but before we dive too much into it, I I do want to do a a quick breakdown of what happened in the movie, and uh, I'll do it really fast. Uh, So, the the movie picks up uh, with Brie Larson on the home planet of the Kree, uh, Hala, And she doesn't remember how she got to Hala, but she remembers the first thing she remembers is getting a whole bunch of blue blood moving forward from there. She basically gets kidnapped by the Kree or not by the Kree, by the squirrels. Skrulls say like, hey, uh, you got a bunch of memories in here that you don't remember. Here they are. And she starts remembering things. She goes to Earth. She finds out that she was a test pilot for a plane that went down after a shot by fucking aliens. And her boss and mentor was also a fucking alien. And she was trying to save other aliens from an alien war. And Captain Marvel has powers. And she's awesome. And she kicks everyone's butt who's evil and saves the people who aren't. And then fucks off to space until Nick Fury calls her later. About it, right? Accurate, one hundred percent. I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was just my very quick breakdown because I, I could feel us going down a costume rabbit hole, and I, I didn't want to leave it. But I also felt like I should take care of that before we mm-hmm. dive back into the hole because there is something I want to say about the costumes right up front. Okay. Um, for those of you who read my uh, ATHPod.com review, uh, I love this movie. It's very obvious. Uh, you should go reread that review and. I did not talk about the costumes. Specifically one scene with the costumes, which has been driving me nuts since I saw it and I should have put it in my review and I didn't. Mm. Whatever. When she's kidnapped by the scrolls, they take her shoes for some reason. And I'm just like Will Ferrell and the other guys. Like, why'd they take our shoes? Mm. And that costume that she's in looks great with shoes. It looks fucking ridiculous without them. And it looks like she's running around in like, a three-year-old girl's pajama set, like I want to be Captain Marvel, wee and just the sound effect of like the, the of her feet, like the the whole scene just drives me nuts, and it's entirely because she's not wearing shoes, and I I can't get past it. It's taken my review of this movie from like an A plus to an A, which I realize is not a big step down, but it's a step down, damn it.
2: Step. That's down. a
0: very interesting take. <laughs> um, Those would be strange and-
2: pajamas, like super strange pajamas. They're
0: a strange battle suit.
2: That is t- typical superhero fodder.
0: Whatever, they love, like pajamas. Although, although pajamas that can change color like that with just a, a flick of the wrist, that's pretty cool. I would kill for them. Oh, I mean, those would, would probably kill? be expensive.
1: You would murder for pajamas? That's Your that. bar is low. Yeah, I mean,
2: John, <laughs> I never really thought of you as the, the fashion vixen type where you're going to go and murder for the <laughs> name of fashion.
0: God, what is this, Neon
1: Demon? Like, Jesus Christ,
0: murder. Yeah, no, I, I feel very inspired Let's by movies like that. Let's the rest the
1: episode talking about this instead.
2: Neon Demon was all about women fighting each other and eating each other <laughs> to stay young.
1: That's true. Not really fashion. Fashion's more of a subplot in The yeah. Demon. That's true. Lofty
0: goals. Lofty goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, now that you mention it, it does seem kind of weird with the whole, like, taking the boots off and just having the bare feet.
2: It's just like for it gas. almost kind of peels yeah. the
0: curtain away from costume design.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I mean,
0: my joking aside,
1: it did make the costume look cheap. And I know that's not a cheap suit at all. None of these costumes are The bigger problem not.
2: that we have here is that she's wearing those boots without socks.
1: That's another problem I didn't even think of. Maybe there's Cree socks built into the boots?
0: Uh, it, it strikes me that Cree don't do the socks thing. Something about the central <laughs> intelligence being like, socks are stupid. They and don't they're don't like, wear okay, socks- master. No foot
1: condoms for anyone.
2: They don't wear underwear, I'm assuming, then, either.
1: I mean, underwear feels pointless anyways. It's, <laughs> I wear it so because no, I feel but, like I should. Like, I feel like if I wasn't to wear underwear, I'd just be like, guess what I'm not wearing? The whole day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just Guess what? I'm not and i
0: can't do that at work i'd be fired <laughs> yeah no wonder everyone in uh on is angry yeah just, they're not wearing underwear and it's chafing like hell
1: you should see the rash i have you thought about underwear the computer says i can't wear underwear
0: dude <laughs> yeah central intelligence is like let it hang <laughs> anyhow so captain marvel the movie
1: <laughs> the real movie that we watched uh let's just do a, a quick round the e-table if you will obviously i'm a huge fan of it what were your guys' take yes no yay nay yeah I
0: was, I was quite a fan of it
2: i really enjoyed the movie
1: yeah it's a lot of fun um i i should say really
2: just just
1: to throw it out there because you know we, we all love her dearly sam who is it uh was a frequent uh co-host on this show did not like the movie i will not speak for sam because i don't remember her exact opinion on it but I know there are people out there who did not enjoy this at all. And one of them did did and still does work with us at ATH. And she will be back for our After the Hype uh, episode of Endgame. But that's coming much later on. Endgame. 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 Next time we'll talk about Endgame. Endgame. Um, Endgame. But the long and the short of it is, I, I see uh, some of the complaints of like people saying that it's boring or that it doesn't work. Or uh, the 90s stuff was just a little bit too prevalent throughout the movie. And, and none of that really struck with me i do agree in the 90s one to a point because it doesn't feel like they ever picked a year when technically it's 1995 um because the ship goes down in 89 and then this is six years later so that makes mm-hmm. it 1995 but it never really feels like that beyond just saying it's 95 it really just feels like a grab bag of 90 shit and like the whole time chewie's going through a phone like
2: when did this come out what is
1: it so, I guess that makes this October, because that's when this song came out. But that doesn't really look like October, but it is L.A., so who the fuck knows? Well,
2: they could have been <laughs> advertising uh, Melancholy Sadness early when True. she was standing next to the poster. It did come out October 11th, 1995.
0: I, <laughs> I do think, though, I, what I think what they were doing, too, is just keeping it vague enough. Because even their Windows operating system that they were, were stuck on uh, was M.E., which was like 2000 yeah uh the so
2: pro- the biggest problem that i was able to find while checking things was when she is in the supreme intelligence near the end and they're playing nirvana and i looked up that song it came out in 1993 and she was supposed to be abducted in 89 so why the frick would this song be in her head
1: yeah like there like that's the thing is like there's just these little things in it and I'm not sure who to blame. Like, do we just blame us as fans? Like, because they told us it was going to come out in the 90s and we all grew up in the 90s. are like, well, fuck you. I'll tell you what the 90s were. Mm-hmm. Or is it just
0: that they... Didn't... I, I. Sorry, go ahead. I, I actually kind of think that... Uh, sorry. I, I think that the reason they did that could be why it would be... Like, why when we watch this movie, we'll be like, oh, it's set in the 90s instead of, oh, that 90s movie, Captain Marvel, is because we can't place it. So, therefore, it's not going to be so um, dated. Like, da- it'll be dated in a way that, like, oh, this is 90s stuff, but we can't lock it down to this feels like a '90 a movie made in 1998.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know why that bothers me. Like, because it, it, I feel like I wish they had just picked a year and stuck to it. Because, like, otherwise, by not doing it, I'm left with this weird thing that I've never gotten any other film set in a like, older time. But like, but when the fuck is this? Cause like there's just little things that irked me, like when she lands in Blockbuster and she's walking by the row of the movies. I spent a majority of my childhood in Blockbuster. They alphabetized and categorized all of their movies. And the row of movies she walks by are just like, What the fuck? It's like hook next to like that Whoopi Goldberg movie, there's like
2: there's probably a bunch of the favorite movies from the crew.
1: Sure, yeah, that makes sense. But they still had to clear all those movies. Somebody had to go like, man, eh, it doesn't matter, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. And like, but did to me and like it's just like but 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 you're wrong and like i know i'm harping on the stupidest thing and that's fine
0: well then maybe there's here's a, here's another kind of counter uh, theory to it that uh, that could be just what disney is doing they're trying to catch all of our nostalgia and the only way they can do that is by breaking the timeline so to speak like they have to kind of bring everything that we remember even in its vaguest forms so we remember blockbuster and Alphabetized. But it doesn't matter what the individual things are to them because it's like, well, it's Blockbuster, so you're going to get hung up on Blockbuster. Ooh, it's Blockbuster. That's more my, my more cynical take. No.
2: Well, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they stuck, nothing that I checked was after 95. They did stick to things they 95 did. and earlier.
0: I think it's just because I'm so
1: used to their attention to detail being down to, like, the fine-tooth comb of, like, you can't, like, I, I want to scrutinize this, and I can't, and this is the first one where, like, I can get really into the details because I have the history, because I was there, like, I-, I lived this, which you can't say from 90% of comic book anything, that I can really dive into it and just be the stupid nerd fanboy who's ruining something that he would otherwise love. Like, it's my own fault, I get that, but it still irks me a yeah. little bit. Like I said, it's my own fault, and it's a stupid thing to complain about. But to my larger point, though, out of all of that is, that I must really love the movie. Because what I'm complaining about is the out-of-focus VHS tapes that she walks by (laughs) for half a second in the movie. And I'm like, that was your problem there! And it's like, okay, but what about the rest of the movie? Oh, the rest of it was pretty fucking good.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the fact that your critique is a a bit of a reach is is actually a good review for the movie itself.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to force myself to critique things. I mean, the fact that her hair is always m- perfectly curled.
0: Mar- it's marvelous.
2: marvelous. It's marvelous. <laughs> she always has the perfect amount of waves to her hair. Uh, she never puts it up in a ponytail or anything ever.
1: She does at one point have to go Phew, to blow it out of her face.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I think that's just uh, Brie Larson's um, special power or ability. Like, okay. She can't get rid of that, and it's just in the cut. Like I mean, it's just everyone's just used to it
2: because I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, there's no woman in any of these movies that ever has bad hair. No, Black Widow's hair, no matter what, even in like Winter Soldier, was straight.
1: Oh yeah, or just they made I mean, sure it was, that it was, thing was flat. Just think about Iron Man time. too, like the fucking huge hair that she had, that oh, she just God. whips it back it's and so forth. Stupid. It's just like, wow.
0: I mean, Endgame was truly a daring film for letting her uh, dye job grow out. Yeah, <laughs> ah,
2: but it it was an ombre, like it was done, like it still looked good. So
0: uh,
1: it's Scarlett Johansson. What do you expect? And this is it's Brie Larson. What do you expect? She looks good ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Um, let's actually talk a little bit about the movie itself because we're we're really in the nitty gritty stuff. And I, I I know I just said I wasn't going to talk about anything in my review, but it's you kind of kind of have to. Otherwise, kind of have to a little bit, or we should just end it now. Um. I want to talk about what I said way back in the day. It was my favorite thing in the movie. And that's the relationship between Sam Jackson and, uh, and Brie Larson. And I realized they made a movie together right after this that Brie Larson directed. And we have a friend who worked on um, Unicorn Store. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Sam is that on in there? Um, yeah, from what I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But check it out. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the two of their chemistry, I think that's the main reason I love the movie. They worked so well together
0: yeah hard agree
1: yeah I, they're just it, the way they just kind of played off each other it was one of those things where it's like i'm not sure if he was brought in for casting because it felt to me like the uh, like it was never much of a choice of who do we hire for captain marvel it always kind of felt like oh captain marvel's coming up it's gonna be katie sackoff it's gonna be me well now it's not gonna be katie <laughs> sackoff so who else is it gonna be well then i guess it's brie larson and everyone just kind of agreed and then we ended up with brie larson yeah. um so I'm not sure if Sam Jackson was ever brought into the equation. I'm not sure if it was ever one of those, like, well, let's see how they play off of each other. I'd assume they did their due diligence and that sort of stuff. Or maybe they just got super lucky. But either way, I'm very happy with where it landed. Because I think I would happily watch the two of them in anything now.
2: It's The relationship to them, to me, is interesting in the realm of all of the MCU movies with how we have known Nick Fury. This is really the only uh, kind of go-lucky Nick Fury you've ever had. Uh, he's been He's definitely the he's, most
0: human we've seen him.
2: Yeah, he's been quibby in the other movies a little bit, but he's usually pretty stark military. And it's flipped in this movie because uh, Carol, or Rears, is very much just the military one. Like, I'm on a mission. This is my mission. I'm going to go after it until she realizes that it's different and she gets more emotional. Just it's interesting to see that because with Nick Fury, being casual, we're not. This is the only movie we've ever had him look like he's having fun, especially with the cat. Like, oh yeah, Nick Fury in any other version wouldn't do, of these other movies wouldn't do that. He no. wouldn't be a what a kitty.
1: But I mean, there is something to be said that this is a younger Nick Fury. Yeah, this is ninety five. We didn't get Iron Man to what two thousand
2: eight, something like that.
0: Uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this. Yeah. I mean, depends, I, I know agree. that it's, but yeah. that's
2: the the interesting part. Yeah, it, is it getting just, to know him when he was younger and less cynical, yeah. or less I, afraid, or whatever whatever would have caused Fury to be the way he is in the future.
0: And I think that's actually a really good payoff from seeing him up to the very um, end of Infinity War with the you know the dusting, just seeing that pager thing. It's a great payoff to see him at a younger age, and it's almost. I believe that out of all the characters who've aged or not aged, his aging from Captain Marvel to the rest of the movies is believable. It works really well. Yeah, I, I think it does. I, I think that, and I think this movie. I think this movie does that. I think that mo- this movie achieves that for that character for him.
1: For me, it's more so just that we. It's not the the, the aging necessarily. Like, I see what you mean. I don't disagree with you. I think it's more that the. Um... It's interesting seeing Nick Fury with somebody that he looks up to, especially with somebody who would be like Captain Marvel, who's just this space girl who fell out of the sky and can shoot lasers from her fists.
0: Yeah. But
1: it's just based on her demeanor and her willingness to fight and her attitude about fighting and what she's willing to do for other people that almost inspires him.
2: Well, he immediately recognizes her authority.
1: I wouldn't say immediately
2: like even when he first sees her in the thing, I mean, he knows who she is and he's just kind of playing with her. Have you seen this woman? Oh yeah. yeah. And he's just giving her the benefit of the doubt. But like, you could tell immediately that he's like, okay, this girl's either crazy or she's military. Yeah. And he says that I can, I can spot a rogue agent or whatnot.
1: Yeah. Rogue Um, soldier, rogue soldier. And he
2: never questions her in that regard.
1: No, and I, I really like that, because I feel like with Nick Fury with the rest of Avengers, he might respect them, but he doesn't look up to any of them. They work for him until they don't, and then they're just people that he tries to work with from time to time. Whereas with Captain Marvel, like I legitimately got the feeling that he saw her as an equal, or more than. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a very interesting um, character trait that we did not see from him in any other movie. And it just uh, to what John was saying earlier, that payoff then of When Nick Fury needs help, who does he call?
2: Who are you going to call, Nick Fury? Yeah. And I think
1: that's really cool. Uh,
0: Yeah. And it's it's definitely something that when I watched Infinity War, I was a little cautious for in terms of expectations for this movie. It's just, how would it pay that relationship off? It's like, oh, he's suddenly calling in, you know, convenient hero number 10 or whatever. It's like, no, this movie actually kind of does the work necessary to establish that they're friends, they're colleagues, they're peers. And they have a camaraderie. And it just—it was really cool how this movie does that.
1: Yeah, I, I do think there could have been... I mean, who knows? But I wish there could have been just a little bit more of just showing her capabilities more than just the last, say, five minutes. Because hmm. that would have explained a little bit more of why he goes immediately to call Captain Marvel. Because at this point, Nick Fury seen everything under the sun. So we know as an audience member that she can fucking fly through a spaceship because we saw her do it. Fury was on the ground when that happened. So he didn't really see her just destroy an armada.
2: So streaks.
1: Yeah, but you, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It's like There's a few leaps in there that I'm fine making, but I don't think it was fully there on screen. But that's yeah. fine. I can make the leap. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with this movie specifically was something that Chewie brought up when we were rewatching it last night. Uh, and it was something that didn't really click for me uh, the first two times I saw it, but it did this time for sure, is this movie's really just about going against gaslighting. And that's kind of the through line of almost the whole film. But I'll let Chewie explain it better than I ever could.
2: Well, so essentially Captain Marvel's character is being gaslit by the Kree. They're taking advantage of the fact that she doesn't have any memories pre them taking her. Uh, So they just tell her who she is. They tell her they gave her all of her abilities. They tell her... What has been given can be taken away. They tell her to watch her emotions. She can't trust her emotions. They're not right. Like, all the things that someone in a gaslit relationship will do to manipulate their spouse. Like, mm-hmm. You are nothing without me. You can't trust your own feelings because you are wrong. Like, that is textbook right there.
1: Yeah, it's the, you're being emotional. Like, yeah, uh... stop being so
2: emotional. Uh, and is. Just, I couldn't imagine that there could be people who are being gaslit and watch this movie and hopefully come to a self realization and be like, wow, this feels familiar.
1: (laughs) Well, and the thing that I like about it is that they do a great job showing it and not beating you over the head with it. And they come pretty close to that end montage. They come pretty close to like, if you haven't got it yet, this is what we've been saying.
2: Yeah. And it, like, the really good example of it is when she first calls um, Jude Law, I can't remember what his name is. Uh yeah. after she goes to Radio Shack and she somehow figures out how to use that stuff in a payphone. And she's like, Well, <laughs> right. this stuff happened, and he's like, Don't worry about that. It's not important. Stick to the stick to the script, lady, is essentially yeah. what he's saying. Stay uh, in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what he's saying to her yeah. the whole freaking time. Uh and he's sp- sp- he's her handler. And and then at the end, when she's with the Supreme Intelligence, it's saying, "You can't fight us. Give up. Yeah. Let's just give up. Stop fighting it." And you know, she has her Christ moment where she puts her arms out. She rises above with her feet, you know, crossed, and she's all like, "Ooh, Godly, I am up, powers."
1: I think you <laughs> said it right the first time when we saw the movie. She had her archer moment. Uh, well, uh, <laughs>
2: well, that's when we're looking at the poster. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, look at that, art germ. <laughs> Seriously, you look at the poster for Captain Marvel and y- I can just hear it in my brain of the pers- the graphic artist getting notes from their producers. And then a producer just comes in with an art germ cover and goes, just do that.
1: Just do that. He's really good. <laughs> but do
2: Brie Larson's face. And maybe, you know, make it a little less flowy looking.
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i really think that it was uh an important thing and i think the first time i saw it i didn't really take it as gaslighting i I took it more which i should have it's clearly just gaslighting but i took it more in like the way of uh, and i think i put the review of like everybody wants like her to prove something or wants her to think she has to prove something which is essentially what gaslighting in in a way kind of does um sometimes and I, i that's why i liked the end of the movie so much when he's like the He's trying to do it again. Like Jude Law is desperate to... At
2: the just, end. At so the he end, tries to manipulate her, yeah.
1: Again, just like... And like he even does... It. He's so fucking smart about it. Like it doesn't work. But like at no point do I ever go Jude Law is a stupid villain. The no. whole way through. I'm like, no, he makes the right decision for almost every situation. It just... He loses. But that... The moment with the uh, I'm so proud of you. Like he's just playing into her. Because mm-hmm. he's never like, given her praise.
0: So this yeah, moment, that performance here, is so is slimy where, and so good. Yeah.
2: This is where you prove. This is it. This is mono mono. If you can't fight me without your powers, then who are you really? Blah, 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 little speech.
1: Yeah, like, but it's like what John was just saying. That performance is so good. Like yeah. Jude Law just sells it. Yeah. And he sells it in a way that I almost thought we were about to watch a fist fight. My second time, obviously, I knew it wasn't coming. But the first time I sit there, I'm like, I can't believe we're about to watch yet another fight here. <laughs> Like I feel like we just watched twenty minutes of fighting. Yeah. Like we had an hour and eh, ten minutes of story, and now twenty minutes of fighting, and now we're gonna do even more fight. Oh nope, she just shot him with a laser. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. and I, I think that it's one moment in these Disney these Disney Marvel movies where the 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 humor of it, the kind of the twist, the the joke levity, of yeah, it, the levity actually works for the movie and isn't just kind of slammed in there. And I, I really appreciated that. Like it, it felt like it felt so cathartic and so good to see her be like, I don't need to prove anything to you.
2: I just, especially
0: I, amped up with that that le- moment of levity. It was it was really you know Chef's kiss. Yeah.
2: But I one thing that I really appreciate is she doesn't kill him. Yeah. I I really appreciate that she shoots him. He's obviously very injured. He can't fight anymore, and she literally drags him back to his ship and throws him in it and be like, "You're gonna send a message." Yeah. Like. Except for the fact that the weird thing is to me is she says, I'm going to come for you and all of Hala, and I'm going to destroy the central intelligence or whatever it's called, Later. supreme intelligence. Uh, and she makes it sound like she's coming like soon. But then at the end of the movie, she's like, actually, I'm going to I'm going to go off with the with the scrolls I'm going to find them a home. So it's just like Hala's going, well, when's she getting here? They, it's building
0: anticipation. building anticipation or they're just looking
1: at Jude Law going fake news Jude Law she's not coming <laughs> it's been a long
2: time yeah it's been a real long yeah time.
0: I also like it that they didn't kill a villain and the more that they do that in these movies uh the more that wins points for me because it doesn't have to always end in death and I feel like a lot of earlier Marvel films were like that's kind of the route you had to go for these characters
1: yeah and like the I think the main reason why I liked it in this one more than the other ones is that none of these people, like the central intelligence for sure felt like a villain-esque thing, but not entirely the villain. And Jude Law to me, I mean, you you disagree with me all you want, like the internet mostly has. I don't really see as a villain. He's a soldier. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do.
2: What he feels is the right thing to do. Yeah,
1: he's, he's, it's not like the Thanos and Infinity War, of the hero in his own story. He is just a, a good soldier. Yeah he's just fighting for the wrong side
2: and she's an asset that he's supposed to control
1: yeah so like i never see i mean yes he's doing horrible evil things but i don't see them as malicious i don't see him as going out like yeah let's kill some children it's like the
2: most malicious thing he does is when he goes "Ah, i'm losing control of the situation let's bring in lee pace slash i forgot his name
1: Ronan. The accuser. Oh, Ronan. Ronan the accuser. Ronan the accuser. Yeah, I I agree with that to a point, but even that one still feels like tactics. Well,
2: he's yeah. willing to destroy was... the entire planet to cover up his mess.
0: Sure, yeah,
1: it but was... that's when he's getting desperate. You're right, yeah. So uh, there are moments I... of him being a villain, yes. But for the most yeah. part, I'd say soldier.
0: Yeah, I, and I do think that having Ronan show up at the end helps to establish what we've said about Jude Law's character. That, like, yeah, he's not actually, like, he's not, all the way the villain here he is doing some antagonistic things he's an antagonist clearly but it really grazes that line a bit when you bring in the actual villain of guardians of the galaxy yeah and for this
1: but even with that it's like because we're, we're kind of circling here but the, the thing was is when Ronan says tell me where she is i'll go kill her and jude law says no like you're crazy like I, i'll handle this you calm the fuck down
2: yeah.
1: Like, so I, I think there are moments that say, like, no, he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's just doing bad things, which makes him in turn a bad guy. But
2: I do hope in my little fantasy world that this he gets a better butt. I don't. There's a lot of good butts out there. I mean, should can. <laughs> I don't need him to have on. a good butt. <laughs> I mean, he's a very good actor. He uh, is. I hope that in the next movie that is going to. is still a prequel. Will be Lee Pace slash Ronan the Accuser because I just really love Lee Pace. Mm -hmm. Uh, coming back to Earth to get Captain Marvel, because he says that that he's going to. He's like, we're gonna come back for the weapon, and there he's like, no, her. I forgot the line exactly. Yeah, that really like it really feels like an important, weighty moment. So to me, that implied that he might come back in another movie to face her.
1: Yeah, but that one have to be Earth, because I don't think she comes back to Earth until Endgame. So he could just find her out amongst...
2: That's fine. I just want... I, they would be an interesting fight. I, I'm just really curious at where the MCU is going to go after this.
1: Isn't everybody. Yeah. They say they have a plan.
2: Well, their plan is to do more prequels. I really hope not. I mean, that's what they're doing in Black Widow.
1: Are they making a Black Widow movie? Did Chewie just say they're making a I Black say Widow that movie? That's what
2: they say they're doing with Black Widow. Oh.
1: Quick, uh, quick! Page all
0: the uh, film blogs everywhere. <laughs> Chewie admitted you heard the it movie here. might
1: be real. Might. Oh, even though they're filming it right now and there are set photos, <laughs> and she still denies it. Uh. You know, you can do amazing
2: things with Photoshop. <laughs> Like, de-aging Scarlett Johansson to be 14, because apparently that's what she would have to be in this movie.
1: Yeah, her her timeline makes no fucking sense, but whatever. When you really
2: think about the amount of history she's supposed to have with Hawkeye and Nick Fury, and then the amount of history she's supposed to have with being a spy, and the amount of training she went through when she was younger to be that spy, it's like... Wait, how much time does she actually spend with all these people?
1: She had a crazy summer. Because yeah. <laughs> she was still
2: in her 20s in the uh, freaking it's that, Iron uh, Man, it's, right?
0: It's that moment in uh, Wet Hot American Summer where they go out on the, uh, the field trip to counselors. Yes, absolutely. And they have that drug bender that takes weeks. And then they're back, this they're is wrong, a good three hours.
2: She's still in her, twi- like, her mid-20s in Iron Man? I don't know. Uh,
1: I think it's time for quotes. Quotes, Actually quotes, she quotes.
2: was mid 20s She's like the same age as me
1: She's a year younger than She's you She's
2: a year younger than me
1: Whenever bringing bring it up You go Shut up
2: <laughs> So I was 20 Math
1: Math I was like 25 I or... was 20 math When she was math,
2: <laughs>
1: <All> <laughs> math. I dread the day And asked me for help With this math homework
2: So she was like 24 When she was an Iron Man Right Something like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. She was. Yeah. 20 I'd now. believe now, you if you said it. crazy
2: shit happened in Budapest when I was twenty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go first for yep. quotes. Math. Quotes. Quote. 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 Quotes. We never meant to watch and mention the uh, the flurkin, by the way, which is kind of a disservice you to know, this it's movie. it's the kitty? It's a cute kitty. We did. You did mention the cat. I, watch I did
2: mention the cat. Uh, how Nick Fury was all, you go, boy, you you There goes your yeah. eye.
1: We are all curious about how Nick Fury lost his eye. Turns out. Uh, Kind of lame. Good comedic <laughs> beat, but overall kind of lame. Anyhow, oh, yeah. Captain Marvel. Uh,
2: <laughs> and really, I think the main reason he loses his eye is because he didn't get medical attention for it right away. He just kept trying to say, it's getting better.
1: Yeah, totally. His overconfidence lost him an eye. Um, that wasn't sarcasm. I actually agree with
2: yeah.
1: you. Uh, so, quotes. Mine is actually a Nick Fury quote, so this works out. Um, mine comes from when they finally go to see Maria Lambeau, who we, again, didn't mention really anything about because we really... Just kind of scratch the surface on this one, because that's... Read my review. Um, Maria Lambeau is phenomenal in this movie. Uh, and I really, really love her daughter, Riri. I'm just going to keep saying that it's Riri. Because uh, <laughs> I really want her to be Riri. Uh, and Captain Marvel is just not giving one fuck about clearance or keeping things close to the chest. Or denying that there's aliens and is just spouting everything out like it's nothing. And the daughter goes, that's the thing I've ever heard of. Uh, there's no way there's such things as those green aliens. And Nick Fury replies with, that's right, young lady. There's no such thing. Because if there were, that would be the type of things that we'd want to keep to ourselves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> man, Riri really is like, she's gung-ho about everything. Oh, yeah. Like, she rolls I'm,
1: with it, man. She
2: rolls with it. I mean, shows us her mom. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, I just love it when the thing turns back and he, she looks at him and he just shrugs.
2: Sorry, kid. I doing, wasn't your mom. Just I, doing my job. I joke, know we do. had a really sweet moment out there for a second, but it's a lie. Uh, my quote is from Talos, played by Ben Mendelsohn.
1: Fantastic, by Mr. the way. Mister,
2: I am the go-to villain, except not quite in this movie.
1: Another person we didn't Thanks. talk about at all.
2: Yeah. Well, I liked it when he found out that the lab was in space, and he goes oh to his God. science guy, and he looks at him like. Dude, you're supposed to be my science guy. You couldn't figure out that it, these were space coordinates.
1: Science guy.
2: And the science guy just, just, like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: I love that guy. He's funny.
2: I mean, like, it kind of, its such a cute <laughs> moment, and it really, when you think about it, it really does show like the exhaustion that the uh, squirrels must feel. That it's just like, fuck, another thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ugh, everything's awful <laughs>
0: god damn it <laughs> Uh, John what about uh, you yeah so my yeah um, my moment is also a talus moment it's when they're in the the cabin and uh, he calls uh, Maria uh, a young lady and she goes you call me a young lady again and I'll shove my foot up somewhere it's not supposed to be and there's this long silence before he just goes am I supposed to know where that is no,
2: am I supposed to guess where that is
1: am I supposed to guess where that is
0: Yeah, yeah, guess where that is? And, yeah, I I think that, for me, that was a really funny moment, just... Yeah. yeah.
2: Which doesn't quite make sense to me, because he has a lot of Earth lingo before then, where he's talking about jazz hands and other things, and, like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh, he falls into Earth lingo real fast. But it's, again, it's one of those things where it's, like, this movie requires a lot of just, like, I know a lot of these things are super detail-oriented, this one's just fun.
2: Yeah.
1: Um review system for this week I i was gonna do something stupid and then i changed my mind so i'm gonna do how many cats would you give this movie
2: how many is a lot of cats
1: it's up to you your rating system i just said how many cats i'll go first i give this movie zero cats because it doesn't deserve any cats. Because cats are horrible, and this movie's wonderful.
0: Hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting. I'm going to take an opposite tack with that because uh, <laughs> I think cats are all right and they're pretty cool. So I'm going to give it, um, you know, my two cats because they're pretty cool. <laughs> I do like your cats.
2: But your cats would not fight. No, Dave you're... would be like, what?
0: No, they would. They would end the war, would, not start it. Would you just rub my belly?
2: Rub my belly, or yeah. <laughs> gonna... Rub my belly. I have a lot of hair.
1: Can you comb my hair. Rub my belly
0: meow oh man yeah. they would do so great in that, that final <laughs> uh, final third of the movie yeah
2: i would give this movie let's go with 16 cats
0: that's too many cats
2: and six of them are actually quick
0: <laughs> i don't know that's a good review or a bad review <laughs> i think that's the the uh, the cat version of avengers right there yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean the six are the like the super powered cats uh, and the other 10 are normal cats, which is kind of how it goes in this movie a little bit. Not A lot of people don't have special powers in this movie, and a few do. They sure.
1: Stand out. I don't know. I, I see the review system. I disagree with it because that's too many fucking cats. I'd
2: hang out with those cats.
1: Ugh, no. Uh, I would play, like,
2: how many things can we get the flirkin' to eat?
1: Are that would a, be a are fun they game. An
2: endless, like, Void?
1: I'll, I'll give you that one. That's the end of today's episode. We're done talking about Captain Marvel. We did it.
0: We did it, guys. Yeah. Um,
1: next week, who? Oh boy, am I excited to talk about this movie. I love this movie, and I hope you guys do too. And I have a feeling that you won't. I'm a little nervous, but it is the 2017 remake of Halloween and uh and by 2017 of course i mean 2018 because i know what years are uh
0: years math 20 math it's
1: 20 math and uh i'm very excited to talk about this movie i think it's great and i think it's cool and i think it's well written and i think the editing's great i love the score and i think it's gonna be a fun episode um but i could be wrong about I, i really appreciate your Friday the 13th reference while talking about Halloween. I can't do Halloween. Halloween's
2: too fast. That is true. I don't... No, don't even try. How do you do it?
0: Math. Uh, (laughs) That was was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
2: wee-woo-woo. I know it's high (laughs) high
0: pitched That's closer.
1: That's closer. But but you made me think of Kung Pao Enter the Fist with (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
2: wee-woo-woo-woo-woo. Oh, crossover. Michael Myers (laughs) and Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Pao. That's my Avengers. Kung Pao. (laughs)
1: um my god there's another double feature i was going to say but look forward to the future for a double feature coming up which i have not forgotten about we will be doing and i'm dreading every second the of it. the meaning of the tree of life the meaning of the tree of life uh oh that's a great episode title <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely using that for that episode that is the meaning of life by money python the tree of life by Terence malick uh, one of those movies is amazing. One of them is hot fucking garbage that I'm told I'm wrong by my wife all the time. And of course, that is Tree of Life, the hot fucking garbage, mm. the
0: movie. Uh, uh, I'm on, I'm on the Chewy side on that we're one. are both wrong.
1: Uh, <laughs> and I talk louder and faster than both of you, so that's going to be the opinion of the episode. I can
2: talk just as loud as fast as you.
1: What well, was that?
2: I can talk just as loud as fast as you. Uh huh. If I want to, well, if well, I have the energy. Remember well. my unbound. <laughs>
1: unbound
0: (laughs) good point i honestly Uh, feel
2: like unbound is like my greatest episode ever
1: it might have been (laughs) unbound
0: Uh, that was was pretty great but
1: be sure to tune in for that and i believe that one will be three weeks away if i can do math correctly which i probably can't we went to art Um, school it is (laughs) we went to art school uh that is coming up down the pipeline as well as what of course now we have to do uh how did i already forget it we were just talking about it
2: kung pao and kung, kung Pao
1: and Kung fu hustle another great double
0: feature. oh god uh, that'd be amazing it will be amazing because
1: we're going to do it We
2: should get todd to be on it
1: oh we should get todd to be on it todd worked on it yeah uh, i'm not sure if he'll say yes but we'll see and yeah let's do some plugs plugity plug plug plugs we're in season five the venture brothers now uh, season five is a sadly short season, but it will be a very fun season to talk about. Some big swings taken in season five, and it's the end of the compound. We're almost done with Venture Brothers I, as we know it. We're gonna move to New York. It's
0: pretty, it's pretty <laughs> exciting. Yeah, no, it was the the most shocking moment for me in the in the show where they switched from the what compound to the not
1: uh, all this in Gargantua Two. <laughs> I uh, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but the compound gets smashed by a space. But station.
2: the land is still there.
1: Yeah, but they moved to New York. Uh, okay, I so that's coming to an end. Uh, be sure to check out Samwise. She's been killing it on a weekly basis. Yep. If you haven't been listening to it, what's wrong with you?
2: You need life. Find out Everyone. by asking
1: Samwise. Be a great question, Samwise. <laughs> Why haven't I been listening to Samwise? see what she does with that meta thing uh Uh, and be sure to check out as of tomorrow my goodness Mm. ath has a new show yes we do damage boost coming to you from brock holiday uh I believe his first episode has me on it or D-Pad Gamer. I'm not sure which one's coming up first. D-Pad Gamer, a very famous YouTuber and Twitch streamer. You should check him out. He's awesome. Uh, And then if not, you know know my voice and we talk about video games and what it is to be a video gamer and a dad. And it was a very fun conversation. I'm really looking forward to this show. Uh, Ryan James, former co-host here, is helping him out with all the editing and they're doing a great job. Uh, I I can't stress enough. Be sure to check out Damage Boost. It's going to be great. And, of course, listen to John's show. I'll let him take the take the reins there, though.
2: Take the reins.
0: Oh, yes. Take the reins. I'm the Dungeon Master for uh, Demon Days, an actual play podcast featuring Tieflings as the main party members. Uh, we just had our first guest last week. Well, depending on the math of this, we were able to get uh, Gordon McAlpin, our artist, for a guest. And that's been really fun. And we're going to get him back for the next session as well. And uh, yeah, definitely check it out.
1: So that's everything going on at ATH. Be sure to check out the website for any and any and all other amazing things, including articles and whatnot. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a good day.
2: Bye
1: Bye